Uh, just, uh, just, uh, hmm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I, I've been drinking this tea, trying to get the caffeine to start my brain up, and uh, I'm happy I made it this far. This is Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Today, listeners, we have a real-life, modern-day Indiana Jones on our show. His name is Scott Brills. In this episode, we get to learn how Scott created a business that keeps funding his adventures all around the world. In the past three years, Scott has averaged 20 to 30 countries visited per year. He's raced a car from London to Mongolia, raced a tuk-tuk across India twice, and road-tripped all across the European and African continents, all for charity and the thrill of adventure. We'll learn more about what Scott is up to these days, his safari company that helps villagers in Tanzania, and where he's headed to next. Enjoy the show. Let's welcome Scott Brills to the show. How you doing, Scott? Doing great, Chris. How you doing? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. And where are you calling in from today? A rather unremarkable location, I'm sorry to say, uh, just in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, USA. I'm sure there's a lot of people around the world that aren't from the U.S. that would love to go to Detroit. Ah, I think you may be wrong, but who knows? <laughs> you know, I found it interesting because for the most part, Americans think Missouri is a relatively boring place. But as I started to travel and meet people, I would tell them about my childhood and where I grew up and what I did growing up. And people were just, their eyes would widen and they'd get excited and they would ask like, can we come visit? That place sounds amazing. And if you think <laughs> about it, like these places like Michigan and Missouri, these are the places that don't get visited in America. And people like us will go all around the world to India and Africa and South America to find these little gems that we seek out where nobody ever goes. And that's kind of what Missouri and Michigan is for the rest of the world in a way. Yeah, true, true. I mean, it, it does have a lot of cool stuff to offer, but uh, in most people's minds, even around the world, uh, they associate Detroit with bankruptcy, high crime rate, um, you know, that kind of stuff. The the negative stuff that was in the news, especially like around the time of the financial collapse in uh, 08, 09. And uh, I'm happy to tell them that it's, it's actually quite a bit different. I mean, it's got a share of problems, but it's actually a pretty cool spot if you're an entrepreneur or if you're an artist, of which I know many, and uh, so I've actually I've actually changed a few people's minds, and you know, and they said, oh, I'd, I'd actually like to to check it out someday. But um, I think part of it is that U.S. has a pretty crappy uh, public transportation system, so people abroad, you know, they don't have cars and may not even have a driver's license. They kind of stick with the places where they've got public transport, like uh, like New York, Chicago, etc. Yeah, very true. So Scott, I consider you the younger generation of the most interesting man on the, in the world. Do you know the Dos Equis guy? I, uh, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very familiar. He's, he's one of my best friends. <laughs> he's your father, right? Or uncle? <laughs> <laughs> and I say that to the listeners because Scott is basically who I would be if I had more time and a bit more money in my pocket because Scott goes on all these incredible adventures all around the world. And I kind of feel a little jealous, even though I have a very fortunate life. Scott's adventures takes it to another level, and he's definitely a modern-day digital nomad Indiana Jones in many ways. And so, Scott, we're going to start off by how you became the most interesting man in the world 
and how you did it all. Yeah, thank you for the flattering intro. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I was born and raised in Detroit, and I grew up uh, in a suburb, maybe 20 minutes outside the city, and always wanted to travel. Uh, I got my first chance when I was 13, and I, I was a part of the student uh, uh, cultural exchange called People to People Ambassador Program, uh, which sent me along with a few other uh, kids my age, 12, 13 years old, and some chaperones to China for three weeks. And that was my first trip abroad, if you don't count Canada. Uh, and I had a great time, and ever since then, I wanted to travel more, but being that I was a student, you don't really have the, the time or ability to do that so much. So um, the next time I got that chance wasn't really until... I graduated high school my first year of college when I studied for a year in Japan. And um, it was a work-study program through a local college here. And I spent about nine months overseas with three months pre-trip kind of studying Japanese and whatnot. And uh, it really changed my life. And uh, after that, I was hooked and I couldn't really think of anything else besides going back to Japan and living over there because I just had such a great time. And uh, after that... Um, I was still in, in college. I was in university, and, and I knew I had to continue to get my degree because I'd already started it, didn't want to stop halfway through. So I thought, okay, what can I do to allow myself to travel uh, you know, more than the average two weeks of vacation a year that you get in the U.S., or even less? And so out of necessity, <laughs> I started up my own company doing web development in 2002. Now, I'd already been doing web development on the side and, and for fun since about, uh, I might be dating myself, so <laughs> 1996. Um, and, wow. uh, and, and then I, I realized that people would pay me to do this. And so I, I kind of figured, okay, well, that's perfect. So I, I did that in 2002, incorporated my company, and started off pretty uh, modestly making a bit of money um, you know, here and there while doing studying full-time. And every year I would take a few months off and go over to Japan, not to study, but just to visit all my friends. And uh, I worked at a ski lodge over there for a time and learned how to snowboard. And um, I would just kind of go over there for a semester uh, at a time while still coming back and, and picking up my studies when I, when I came back to uh, Detroit. So... Um, I did that for a few years, and then I was figuring, okay, after college, uh, I'm going to move over to Japan full-time, maybe be an English teacher. Uh, but by the time that happened in late 2004, 2005, I had my business going. It, would, it had been three years already, and uh, it was going to a point where I didn't feel like just uh, stopping it. And um, I decided to continue running my business uh, from a base of, of being in the U.S., and I just consistently grew my travel as I became more successful, had a little bit more money. Um, I would travel a little bit more, and it, so it grew from like two months a year to three months to six months, and now it's average about 10 months a year um, that I am abroad. And I usually come back for about a week in the winter and a week in the, or uh, a month in the, in the summer and a month in the winter back home to see friends and family. Uh, but I'm maintaining uh, my web development company in the second iteration. I've done a few other companies since then, and uh, I've also got my Safari company, which I'm sure we'll get into in a bit. So you set yourself up from basically the very beginning to kind of fund your adventures. Is that correct with your business? 
Yeah, I, I wanted something that would give me the money and flexibility uh, to continue traveling and living where I wanted, uh, even back in 2002. And it was it was a bit more difficult back then because we didn't have all the online tools that we have now, and and it wasn't nearly as much of an accepted thing. I definitely had a few people get mad at me just because, <laughs> uh, you know, and I mean clients get mad at me because I was not. Um, you know, I was not in the physical location they're at, and I would have to explain to them, no, I can, I can do this remotely, even though it, it would have taken, it probably took a lot more time than it would take today just due to internet speeds and lack of tools and whatnot. So how long did it take you to get to the point where you're traveling 9, 10, 11 months out of the year? Um, so the first, first few years I was studying full-time, and I was you know, spending a few months abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, I was pretty busy. Uh, some days I would I would go to class just to try to finish schooling as quick as possible. I'd go <laughs> to class from 6.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night at two different colleges, universities, and, and I would just do an inordinate amount of workload uh, just because I was so interested in going back to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So for those few years, I, I after those few years, I actually got it, even while doing full course loads and, and being abroad for two or three months a year, I, I got it to the point where my company was making enough money where I stopped looking for a, a quote-unquote normal job, um, end of 2004, 2005. And then I kind of kept things going. I ramped up things slowly. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a fast thing because I was just... I was actually just happy to have enough money to live on and travel off of uh, for a few years, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I got to the point where I started growing things even more. And I would say 2008, um, I definitely increased my traveling both in the number of countries, you know, new spots besides Japan, going to uh, Turkey on another cultural exchange to Rotary International, and um, and going to Europe for the first time, and then 2009, uh, doing the Mongol Rally and driving from London to Mongolia really uh, opened up my my world a bit. And uh, it was all around the same time that uh, Four Hour Workweek came out, and people, you know, this this whole working remotely digital nomad thing started getting traction, and so that was kind of came along with me uh, wanting to see more of the world and travel more. And so it just kind of, it was kind of good timing. How did you feel when you finally found the, the four hour work week? Did you think to yourself, Oh, there's other people out there besides me that's doing this. So it's, it's funny. I, I knew about the book mm-hmm. and I was a reader of, of Tim Ferriss's blog uh, probably since 2007 or eight. Um, but I didn't actually buy the book until a few years later and I had already read so much about it on like internet forums and by talking to people that, <laughs> honestly, to, to this point, uh, I have still not read the book. I actually really? have all four of Tim's books. I've not read a single one, but I, I love I love his I love his um, methodology and his attention to detail. And and just by reading you know a lot of his blog posts, listening to a lot of his podcasts, you know for the past eight or nine years, I feel like I've actually gotten a lot of the info you shared. And I think that it's impacted me not so much in that, you know, where a lot of people read the book and their their eyes were opened and they're like, oh, I can do this. Um, I'd already been doing it for a few years. And so for me, it was more of a boon in that it showed other people how to do this. And mm-hmm. so it kind of, it, it made it not such a weird thing. And it, it kind of increased the tribe of people doing it so that I wasn't feeling as much on my own alone doing it like I did for about 10 years. Um, I, I would say from 
from 2002 when I legit started it and uh, and incorporated until about 2012 or so. Um, it was very rare to find anybody that had their own business and worked uh, from you know abroad uh, using the internet. It was. I know there are people doing it, um, but it just there wasn't really as much of a of a community formed around it, uh, and I didn't know anybody personally doing it. And so I think the release of that book really spurred the growth of the movement, and uh, and now because of that, I have a lot of uh, new friends that I can relate to, and they can relate to me. <laughs> For the listeners, so you guys know, when Scott travels, he's not just going to one country and spending a few months and going to another country. He's on average, how many countries do you visit per year? Uh, last, last few years, I would say, uh, last five years, uh, I've averaged between 20 and 30 countries a year, wow. uh, with, with last year being the craziest, although I only hit up 22 countries that I moved locations every 3.25 days. I actually did the math on this <laughs> just because I knew it would be crazy. Um, and so needless to say, last year was not great for productivity, um, <laughs> But uh, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, 2015 was not great for productivity. Last year, I actually halved that, uh, and it was much better uh, productivity-wise as far as my business and whatnot. And and so I, it's, I've spent the last few years trying to figure out a balance between uh, the the traveling and the novelty of new places, new people, new food, etc. And then also getting stuff done with work. And I've, I've definitely figured out, uh, much to my chagrin, that staying in one place increases your output quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I can I can have my cake and eat it too, and, and travel all the time, and you know, just be somewhere for three days, but still bust out a lot of work and whatnot. And um, I tried that for a few years, and it just uh, I thought if anybody could do it, I could, but I lost it. Not <laughs> <laughs> What's the drive behind it, Scott? What keeps you inspired to go to all these countries as much as you do? Um, I think it's just a a, a built-in need or desire to see the world and, and to do everything and see everywhere. Um, I've just been very naturally curious about that kind of thing uh, for a long time. I told you I, I was very into it when I was even 12, 13. I think it's it's something that's always been a part of me, even maybe down to the DNA level. Uh, and it's just a matter of uh, being able to fulfill that and, and make it possible. And that's why I started in 2002 the, the company to allow me that flexibility and, and you know, both money and time-wise. Some of the adventures that you go on are pretty, actually almost extremely intense. I know you've done the rickshaw run a few times in the Mongo Rally, mm-hmm. and your adventures are definitely no short of kind of a modern-day Indiana Jones in many ways. Can you give us a list of some of those extreme adventures that you've been on? I definitely have a need for adventure. And if I don't have an adventure that I'm either looking forward to or, or doing, uh, it it feels like there's a part of me missing. And that started, I would say, in earnest in 2009 when I did the Mongol Rally, which is a semi-organized uh, charity event where you you take a beat up car from uh England and you drive it to Mongolia without with no set route or assistance along the way. I did that with my buddy Colin and we raised a fair about a, amount of money, maybe about $8,000 to help build a kindergarten in a remote spot in Mongolia. Mm. And had an amazing time. It was about 6 weeks. We we 
did about 24 countries, uh, broke down, and Tajikistan had to get a ride <laughs> from a gangster. It sold our car, and then I we had to take planes, trains, and automobiles the rest of the way, and my buddy had to drop out, and I continued on my, my own on, uh, on the Trans-Siberian Express and eventually made it to Mongolia and then ended up running a... Uh, a marathon in the Gobi Desert after that <laughs> with no training or experience uh, and uh, visiting a maximum security prison, making friends with some of the inmates. Uh, it's very – that that kind of like – all that stuff together kind of jump-started my need to, to do more of that. I, I got back and I was like, I need to do more of this. Mm-hmm. And so partially the um, – the work now is not just you know traveling to new countries, but also having adventures. You know, it's fueling um, the ability to do that. And so after that, uh, a few years later in 2012, myself along with a few friends, uh, we drove two Subaru Foresters that were made up to look like a pair of Converse tennis shoes, uh, left shoe and a right shoe. We drove them from England to South Africa. Uh, again, for charity, raised about $35,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, to for a few different causes, charity water, also to um, build a building at an a orphanage in Ethiopia that we had ties with, and also give away locally sourced uh, clothing to about 500 children along the way. Wow! And uh, and that took uh, about a year to plan, uh, about two weeks before and after to set up, and about uh, four months of on the road time. So that was huge. And it was definitely a part of my life where I wasn't getting much work done. Uh, it was very difficult. I tried my best in Ethiopia, but it was just, uh, it's, you know, some places just aren't meant for working. And, uh, and I've also done the, the rickshaw run, which I know when we first met in Barcelona, we, we talked about a bit. Uh, and that was, um, you take a, a rickshaw or a tuk-tuk around India, uh, generally two or 3,000 miles, depending on the course. And you go from one spot to another, again, no fixed uh, point, uh, you know, as far as no pick, fixed path and no support, and you break down a bunch, and you get into accidents, and your rickshaw tips over, and it's a bunch of fun, <laughs> and uh, and so I did that twice, and I'm actually planning on doing it again, in, maybe in in January, so that I can say I fully circumnavigated the Indian subcontinent in a rickshaw, which will have been been about uh, seven thousand miles in a rickshaw. Wow. Uh, and so I, I want to be able to say that for no other reason than just to say that I did that. And, and that's actually what a lot of this comes down to. It's not, I mean, I love having the charity aspect to be a part of it uh, because, you know, it's, it's good to raise money for a spot and then actually go over there and see it and see how the money will be put to use. Uh, that's, that's really rewarding. Uh, and I feel like we're able to, to do a bit of good. And then also it's just the, the need to do something fun and exciting. I love the planning aspect of it and also just the ridiculousness factor and, and being able to say you've done it for no reason other than just to be able to say you've done it and also the, the stories that come along the way. So, you know, each of these travels that I'm listing, I've got, you know, so many stories uh, that are really funny or crazy or scary um and i found that it's really difficult to come up with that kind of entertaining story uh when you're just kind of living your life in the u.s or whatnot um at least i, I found it to be that way in in my part of the world so um you know want to be that guy who's uh telling the same stories over and over again at you know 80 something years old you know mm-hmm. that's that's my that's my goal to be the, that that guy hanging out at the bar <laughs> and telling crazy stories 
<laughs> Very cool. Thanks for sharing all that. I am in awe. Yeah, man. So what are you working on nowadays? You said you slowed down your travels a bit, which is not a lot compared to most people, but you slowed, it down. <laughs> you slowed, slowed them down a bit. And you're working away at your web development business, is that correct? And your safari business. Mm -hmm. What are you primarily focusing on and why did you decide to do that for a while? Uh, so so I've got uh, a few businesses. I've got, um, which of course is not a great thing to be working on multiple things at once, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I do have a bit of entrepreneurial ADD, so I kind of switch around a bit. And I found that that works for me, even though I, I may be getting slower progress at any one of them than if I had just focused on that. Um, so I'm doing. I, I do have a uh, the second version of my web development company called uh, Brothers Design, and I run that with my younger brother, who's also recently, uh, at least compared to me, gotten into word uh, or uh, web development. We do custom uh, WordPress buildouts. We do custom themes from the ground up for uh, professionals and small and medium sized companies, and uh, and support for them. And we've been doing that for the last couple of years or so together, uh, and also. Uh, my long-term thing that I've been doing for about six years is the safari company in Tanzania called Pomoja Safaris, P-A-M-O-J-A. And uh, that's for custom private uh, safaris in Tanzania in the Serengeti to see like the wildebeest migration and whatnot. And these are photo safaris, not hunting safaris. And we usually take uh, groups anywhere between one and 16 people at a time, um, depending on the number of days they have. Um, and the event, you know, if they're like a specialist group for photography or bird watching and whatnot, or like a honeymoon or just a couple that wants to get away or a family group, uh, we take them uh, and just kind of develop a custom route for them. And we take care of everything from airport pickup to drop off. They take care of the flight and we just show them the time of a lifetime. You know, it's, it's a big thing on a lot of people's bucket list to do uh, a safari. I know it was on my father's bucket list and that's why he went and, and brought me along. And uh, And so it's... It's really cool to um, combine that uh, those things together that I really love into a company. It's very exciting. Um, I've always loved animals ever since I was a kid. Uh, I love entrepreneurship. I love uh, you know being international you know, in Tanzania, and I also uh, I'm very interested in philanthropy. And we uh, donate currently five percent back to local community. Uh, and we're partnered with uh, a couple schools and an orphanage in the area, and we buy them needed supplies, uh, you know, for you know whatever they need. We're just in contact with them, and whether they need desks or clothing or whatnot, uh, we help them out as much as we can. And so that's been very fulfilling, uh, you know, to to give back to the community. And I try to visit there every year, or every other year, and spend a bit of time and get to know the people in the area. Um, well, my partner who's Tanzanian, Josh, he's on the ground there and he takes care of all of the on the ground stuff. And I kind of uh, do the business development and the marketing and the sales and the customer interaction and all that jazz. Uh, and then on the side of those two things, I got the web development and the safari company. I also have been ramping up the boutique trips that I've been doing recently. Mm. And that's kind of like a side thing that I do for friends. I, I, I announce it on Facebook and on my website at scottbrills.com. And uh, they're generally just uh, one-off trips to interesting locations for a small group of friends. Uh, between uh, four and 24 people has been the average. And I'll take them to spots uh, like doing a culinary tour in Japan uh, or I'll rent a couple uh, you know, 100-foot sailboats in Turkey and Greece, and we'll cruise the islands with a bunch of friends, or we'll do a group safari together. Um, 
you know, our, our, we got a upcoming trip to Madagascar, doing a road trip to Madagascar, kind of more of the adventurous uh, trip. And so I'm doing those as kind of one-offs uh, to – they're not big money makers and they're not scalable, but I really enjoy uh, traveling with friends and also bringing together disparate groups of people um, and seeing the connections that are made. You know, I really love connecting people, and uh, I've really found that the trips that I do – bring together a lot of of different people and uh and they become friends after that and uh, that's kind of cool to to be a part of that that's phenomenal man absolutely phenomenal from creating this lifestyle and all your travels together scott what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned or lessons hmm um no regrets. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad that I that I started on this path a while back, even though it was it was a bit tougher back then. And um, you know, I think it's a lot tougher. Just I think it's a lot easier nowadays. If anybody's on the fence of of you know starting their own business or or trying out being a digital nomad or something like that, uh, it's just so much easier nowadays with all of the communities and the tools that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's really no reason not to. Uh, you know, besides getting over the initial fear and just kind of making the jump. Uh, and so I, I think it was, I was, I did it at a unique time when it really, really wasn't a thing. And, and although it was more difficult and I definitely made some mistakes along the way and I continue to, uh, I'm glad that I did it back then. Uh, and I was really able to follow my passion from the get go instead of, uh, doing what I thought I'd do, which is complete school. And then, maybe uh just get a nine to five job that was that was my plan i was thinking about going into 3d 3d animation design or video game development or uh coding of some sort and uh instead i was able to do to do my companies and and maintain my autonomy and really in my life uh freedom is is one of the most important things and you know just the the ability to take a hold of opportunities as they arise and not be like oh no sorry like i'm kind of stuck here doing this or uh, or whatnot you know that uh has been a huge boon to me um and i think it's it's definitely something that i'll I'll continue prioritizing uh in the future although i like you said i am slowing down a bit (laughs) uh i'm i'm uh staying in one place longer in order to focus on um on you know business development and whatnot, but uh, yeah. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of things. You know, I'm glad I did it. Uh, people are all the same everywhere in the world. I've been you know to almost 90, 90 countries, ninety something countries now, and um, you know, especially that first trip from London to Mongolia and traveling all across Central Asia. These spots that people don't usually go to. Um, you know, Muslim countries that I'd never been to and really didn't know much about. Um, you know, people are all all the same. People are very friendly. Ninety nine point nine percent of people are good in the world, even though you may hear about uh, the bad ones more than not on the news. You know, mainstream media and whatnot. If you actually go out in there in the world, you'll experience uh, a good time and you'll meet a lot of great people. And so I I uh, highly recommend. Uh, exploring the world even if you got a nine to five or whatnot and you can't be doing it as much as as i am uh <laughs> definitely take the time out to go to those places that are on the news so that people don't know much about or you don't know much about and explore them and i pretty much guarantee that you'll, you'll have a great time uh because i know i have in a lot of these spots 
Scott, what do you have on the books for yourself for the next three to five years? Ooh, three to five years. Wow, I'm I'm uh, I'm just concentrating on this year right now, but uh, it's uh, it's just a focus on business development. Whereas uh, the last few years have been a lot of travel, and I was working at getting to a uh, hundred com- countries uh, under my belt. Uh, just kind of a again, just a goal, just for myself, not for any particular reason. Uh, nowadays, I'm focused on building up my my two companies, uh, staying in one place longer. I, I uh, and um, beyond that, I mean, I basically just want to get both companies to a point where I'm not a part of the day-to-day operations as much. I might be putting about 10 hours into each of the companies and then uh, per week and then use the additional time to work on possibly another business venture or a philanthropic venture and also to continue traveling, um, maybe not at the pace I was doing in 2015, but to do it and to to do it um, maybe at a higher level, or you know, to not worry about uh, money at all. Uh, I guess you know, one of my goals is to never have money be a deciding factor in anything that I do in life. Mm. I don't want to not do something because of money, or do something because of money at all in my life. And so um, that's that's just kind of the ultimate goal is to get to that point. And um, so I'm, I'm, I've been making a lot of headway over the past year or so, and and just continue keep doing that. And I know that you know in the next, uh, I'm shooting for about two years. Uh, the both companies will be highly autonomous, and uh, I'll be able to then just kind of uh, be open to focus on whatever I want to do. Scott, I got to give you a big thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Is there any last things that you want to share with the audience before we sign off today? Uh. Just, uh, just, uh, hmm. Nope. Nope. I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I, I've been drinking this tea, trying to get the caffeine to start my brain up, and uh, I'm happy I made it this far. But uh, I guess all I have to say is thanks for, uh, thanks for your time, and whoever's listening, thanks for listening. Hope I gave you some uh, interesting tidbits. And if you want to find out more, just go to my website at scottbrills.com. And uh, links to everything are there, along with some interesting stories. So enjoy. And we'll include those links in the show notes, too. Scott, again, thank you for coming on the show, man. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. And that's a wrap for today's episode. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the Entrepreneur House, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact we will respond as soon as possible for now saludos from somewhere in the world